0: A cool and cloudy night in Baltimore. Temperature near 60 degrees, dry conditions right now, and a not uncommon sight, the World Series back in Baltimore for the sixth time since 1966. Hello again everyone, I'm Al Michaels. Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into a very special episode of the 610 podcast and the Charm City Sports podcast. So, We are just about, as I'm recording this, two hours away from game time here for this three-game series between the Baltimore Orioles and the Philadelphia Phillies. And obviously, for their respective podcasts, I cover both these teams. So I decided to do, for this special three-game series for myself, a special episode. Or I'm going to preview both of these teams, kind of going in and talk about um, some of the things that you know we should see, be on the lookout for, um, giving both fan bases kind of my spin on both teams. So, I'm going to start off here with the team with the upper hand, the Baltimore Orioles, the visitor. They come in at 61 and 38, and they're first in the AL East. They captured first in the AL East this past week by taking three out of four from the Tampa Bay Rays, a team that the Phillies just swept out in uh, Tampa Bay. Baltimore, in that series, you know they let the Rays kind of slip in a little bit there. Tampa Bay definitely put up a fight, but one of the Big factors for the O's this season has been their offense. The Orioles' offense has been just out of this world. Timely hitting, speed on the base paths. They've got good hitters. Um, you know they've got a good mesh in that lineup from top to bottom. Um, Cedric Mullins, you know, he's got good speed, great speed. Um, When playing, Jorge Mateo possesses um, good speed as well. And then you've got, you know, Adam Frazier, Gunnar Henderson. Gunnar Henderson, who's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, is he's able to do things not only with his legs but with his bat, developing into one of the best young hitters in the major leagues right now. And this is an Orioles team that is not built solely on the long ball. As seen by, you know, Anthony Santander leads the way with 17 homers. Behind him, Gunnar Henderson with 16. But they do do a fair amount of kind of getting guys um, on base and bringing them home, whether it's a homer or whether it's a hit. Uh, Santander leads the team in RBIs right now with fifty-five. Mullins is behind him with forty-seven. Keep in mind, um, Cedric Mullins, you know he's played in twenty-six less games than Anthony Santander. It'd be have been really interesting to see what Mullins' numbers would look like if it wasn't for the injury he sustained in uh, early June. So you've got all that um, tied together. The Orioles. As well, you know, I think they do a pretty good job of possessing good plate discipline. I don't really think they strike out at a high rate um, from what I've seen. You know, uh, they work the counts. They're patient. um, They're also a very resilient bunch, and they're battle-tested. Most of the time throughout this season, more often than not, the Orioles win one-run games, and part of the reason for for this has not been, well, they just come back in a lot of those games. They do come back, but their setup and closer are among the best in baseball, if not the best, as you've got The Rock in Yin-Yir Kano, who has currently as it sits in ERA of 148, and you've got the mountain in Felix Bautista. Felix Bautista who has an ERA of 092, 28 saves on the season. It's really uh, interesting to see the leap that Cano has made from last year to this year and throughout the season. Bautista as well, who was a pretty good closer last year, but no one really knew he had this in him. Um, and then you've got Danny Colum, who has 17 holds, an ERA of 2.91. Cano also has 24 holds on the season and four saves himself. Forgot to mention that. Um, but this O's team is definitely one that. The Phillies. Th- this is going to be an interesting test for them. This Orioles team right now coming in. Typically, when these two teams would face off over the last few years, you know, is kind of tre- treated as okay. The Orioles are rebuilding. It's you know, just the Orioles. That's not the case anymore. The Orioles are a team that's for real. As a matter of fact, the Orioles are looking at the Phillies that way, like. Okay, you guys won the pennant last year, so what? Um, and they should be, because this is a really good team. This is also a team that possesses the upper hand in terms of some insider info, as they signed Kyle Gibson, former Phillies starting pitcher last season. Gibson, who has a 4.76 ERA, while he hasn't pitched that great, remember. He knows these headers. I think the only player that on the Phillies roster in their typical, you know, everyday starting lineup that he hasn't played with is Trey Turner. And I don't think it takes um, Cy Young himself to figure out how to pitch to Trey Turner. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the starting pitching does against um, the Phillies' starting lineup, which is not a starting lineup that has exactly wowed um, by any means this season. But the strength of this O's team as well has been their starting pitching this season. They've you know, gotten really good contributions all around. Um, there are some times where they have some clunkers, but that just means that that gives the offense more runs to score more often than not because like I said this is a very resilient bunch. All right. Now let's flip sides and let's look at the Phillies coming off of two back-to-back series losses. They just ended a four-game losing streak against the Cleveland Guardians. They sit at 11 and a half games back in the NL East and in terms of the wild card standings, the Phillies hold the third spot in the National League wild card um and heading into this three-game series here with the Baltimore Orioles the Phillies right now are kind of at a weird spot where they're you know they they look good some games and they look really poor other games the offense has just kind of been all over the place and it's been very um very weird to say the least you know you've got Trey Turner who's Kind of not been what people may have thought he would be this season in um, his first year at the Phillies after signing a big deal. If you get him, you know, in a one-two or, you know, a real put-out pitch, just throw him anything uh, low and away and he'll swing at it. Um, timing hasn't really been there all season. Um you know he struck out a lot more, I think, than what anyone would have imagined. Uh, he's striking out at the third highest rate on the team, behind no surprise, Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos, and someone else I'll talk to about uh, talk about right now is Kyle Schwarber. While the O's have your, let me say, um, more. I want to say baseball, you know, typical baseball thinking or conventional baseball thinking will say you have one of your highest um, hitters in terms of batting average on the team with Gunnar Henderson leading off. Well, the Phillies have the exact opposite. They're going based off of, you know, where their leadoff hitter, for whatever reason, fits in best. A, and B, where he also um, you know, has given them the best win-loss record this season, and that's Kyle Schwarber. Hitting 185 on the season right now, striking out at uh, 131 times on this season, does have 26 homers and 61 RBIs, leads the team in ribbies right now with that's sixty-one, or excuse me, tied for the team leading in RBIs. Um, Kyle Schwerber has been that kind of guy that it's a it's an all or nothing swing out of him. Um, interesting that that's the case. You also have you know um, Nick Castellanos, fourteen homers, fifty-eight RBIs, hitting 282 on the season. Cold off of late, but is a will be a challenge, I think, um, you know, to, to to be an out this um, series and has been throughout this um, year. And then just, you know, as we continue through the lineup, Bryce Harper um, hasn't shown the kind of power that he has developed um, in his 11 seasons in the majors to this point. Uh, There's still, you know, Alec Bohm is still really finding himself and is kind of working on more coming into his own. Bryson Stott has probably been the Phillies' best offensive player this year. While not an all-star, his average is at .304 with 9 homers and 36 RBIs and is always, always a threat to get on. You also have hitters further down in the lineup like Brandon Marsh, who's hitting at .279, 7 homers and 37 ribbies kind of a hitter miss out, out of Marsh um, and then you've got JT Real Muto who has been coveted as the best catcher in baseball but that really hasn't been the case this year sure his defense is still solid he's only hitting at 244 his homers um, does have 12 this year and 40 RBIs but his situational hitting hasn't been great and neither has this team in general they got a runner on um, it's not likely he's going to come across to score it's very different than you know what you might see out of other teams that the O's have faced this season, where it's like, okay, they got a runner on, the runner in scoring position, odds are he's coming around to score. Has not necessarily been the case out of um, this Phillies offense. And then looking at the pitching, also very hit or miss. Their starting pitching hasn't been great. I'll read off the projected starting pitchers for the next um, few days in a moment, but they haven't gotten tons of production from their, you know, three horses and uh, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, um, being the two main ones. Ranger Suarez had a good month in June, but then he's kind of fell on, fallen off. Taiwan Walker's been pretty good of uh, recently, um, of late, but you know, really want to see, you know, they want to see more consistency out of him. Um, Their bullpen has been one of the best in baseball, but you can in certain situations, and I think the Orioles will do this, they will really get to this Phillies bullpen as we get through the next couple days. It's going to be really frustrating for Phillies fans coming up. So now let's read off the projected starting pitchers. So for the home team, the Phillies tonight, It's their fifth starter, Christopher Sanchez, who has a 3.06 ERA, an 0-3 win-loss record, but has been kind of the answer this year for the Phillies in terms of their fifth starting pitcher, at least so far, unless they go out and grab someone else. He has struggled in his last couple outings. In his previous two against the Brewers and Padres, he pitched both, five innings pitched, gave up a combined nine hits, two homers, And four earned runs, striking out eight. Not a very high strikeout pitcher. He relies heavily on contact. That is going to be a major problem against the Orioles tonight. The Orioles thrive off of that. They won't ground out into double plays. They won't just hit the ball hard into the outfield. When they make contact... It's a hit. It's a hit. I mean the Phillies defense will have to try and do the impossible and that's be good and not give extra outs as well. Um for the Orioles tonight it's Dean Kramer, a four eight oh ERA, a ten and four win loss record. Kramer four and two thirds innings pitched um, in his last start against the Dodgers. In his last three outings, he's been very solid, and the O's have gone on to win all three games, getting the, getting the decision in two out of the three. Um, he's, for whatever reason, found his kind of stride the past couple games against the Yankees before the All-Star break. He had ten strikeouts, seven innings pitched. He looked really good against the Marlins. Um, first game, then back from the All-Star break. He was, I want to say, even better. Six innings pitched, only gave up two hits, eight strikeouts, and then against the Dodgers, only won four and two-thirds. Did give up five earned runs and only one strikeout. So that's kind of where the O's are at in terms of their fifth starter in the rotation. Then Tuesday, and tonight's starting time is at 6.40, Tuesday it's going to be Taiwan Walker, who has a 4.11 ERA for Philadelphia, an 11 and four record, and like I said, he's been pitching a lot better of late. Um, last Thursday against the Brewers, he only um, hit. I his only real struggle recently um, gave up a homer, four earned runs, had six strikeouts. It was really just one inning that was the real issue there for Taiwan Walker. But the Phillies see an old foe in Kyle Gibson. Nine and six record, four seven six ERA, but Gibson has really really struggled. Um, had a good start his last time against Tampa Bay, where he went six innings, gave up seven hits, three earned runs, and eight strikeouts. But this Phillies team does know their former teammate pretty well. I mean, I think they've seen a lot of him over the, you know. Um, However many games he was in, uh, he was in Philadelphia. But um, you know they know what to expect. I was trying to remember how many games it was that he was here. I know it was probably close to about hundred and oof, well over. I, I want to say two hundred some. Come to think of it, from the. Uh, trade deadline in 2021, so he's got to be um, sharp going up against the Phillies, and he knows what to pitch to them. Um, throw him his breaking stuff. It'll be interesting to see what happens, honestly. Um, and then you've got the nightcap on Wednesday. It's going to be Ranger Suarez, a so 4.07 ERA, a two and five win loss record. Ranger was really strong throughout the month of June. But of late, he has struggled. He's given up hits. He pitches to contact, and that a lot of the times has struggled um, been his main struggle. Let me put it that way. You know, it's not been it's not been horrible, but it hasn't been great. And it's been okay, but it hasn't been good. And it's just been all over the place with Ranger and. The Phillies really hope that if they can get the split going into that third game, they can see the Rangers Suarez because he's gonna have to be on it going up against Kyle Bradish. Three oh five ERA, six and five win loss record. Bradish in his last start, the O's lost to the Rays on Friday, three to nothing, six innings pitched, gave up six hits and five strikeouts. But Bradish has just been fantastic for the Orioles this season he's been really huge he's one of the reasons why I've been holding off on really you know getting on them about not you know maybe getting a top top pitcher um, at the deadline I don't think they need to certainly go out and trade for you know a a major ace and give up all these assets And I've been hearing the name Jackson Holiday thrown around by people. Um, I think that's a mistake. No way are you trading away Jackson Holiday. Guy's flying through the minors right now. He could be up with the team by, you know, maybe not 2024, but certainly will be invited to spring training in 2024, 2025. I would expect that kid to be making the opening day roster if not already being called up during fall call-ups next year. Um, That might be a little too much pressure on the kid, but, I mean, he's really done a good job. So that's neither here nor there, and I'll get into that the next time with the O's, but I just wanted to throw that out there that I think that's stupid that his name is being thrown in trade talks. Um, But anyways, so those are the starting pitching uh, lineups for both teams each Game time is 6.40 for Monday and Tuesday and 6.05 Wednesday. Uh, my prediction for this series is going to be the Orioles taking two out of three from the Phillies. I really don't see the Phillies. If they're lucky to snag one game, good for them. But it's not going to be easy by any means. This Orioles team is really... Really fun to watch. I'm really looking forward to seeing these two teams playing. I'll have my eyes on both broadcasts. I'll be flipping back and forth between NBC and MASN, and um, you know, I can't wait to see what happens, you know, tonight and throughout the next two series, um, next two games rather. And unfortunately, you know, I will be out of town in San Francisco, so. I won't be back Wednesday to recap the series. Um, We'll be back on Sunday to recap the following series for both teams and give the previews as the Phillies will take on the Marlins and the O's will be facing off against, as I pull up their schedule here, They will be facing off against the New York, uh, no, excuse me, Toronto Blue Jays. They'll be going against the Toronto Blue Jays next Monday as we near the trade deadline. Thanks everyone for tuning in today to the 610 podcast and the Charm City Sports podcast. Um, I'll be back on, like I said, on Sunday. Thanks everyone for tuning in. And enjoy this very special episode, and as well, enjoy this very exciting three game series in Citizen Span.